0: Everybody and welcome to the Myo Minds podcast. I'm your host, George, and here at Myo Minds, we want to demystify mental health and make sharing mainstream within the exercising and sporting community. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Just before we get started, I want to remind you that here on the My Minds podcast, we do often talk about eating disorders, body dysmorphia, exercise addiction, suicide, and other potentially triggering topics. Usually in the description below, I will write down what we talk about specifically in this episode. That being said, I do hope you enjoy this, but please do be careful. Hi, Sophia. How are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm pretty good, yeah. It's been... um... It's been a long day I feel literally every single podcast I ever do I think I start with it's been a long day but <laughs> I, just, I just I have a lot of long days um but we are get I'm getting through it and I'm I'm here and I'm excited to talk to you I've got the new fancy mic I don't know if you've seen my fancy mic on the screen um but I'm excited to it's really
1: nice <laughs> <laughs> Better
0: than what I have <laughs> uh, honestly um I I have to I think I have to firsthand apologize to the listeners for the last podcast because I was originally just using this headset that I've got on. And I listened back to the podcast and it was such a good one. I was speaking with my friend Mark, who runs Willow Grove Consulting. And they're basically this like consult consulting agency that that help with sport and stuff. And he- he's a brilliant person. It was such a good conversation. And then I listened to it back and my mic was so terrible. I just sounded like a robot throughout the whole thing. Um <laughs> and it just crushed me. So I was like, I'm gonna have to gonna have to invest in a nice. in a proper mic. Um, but anyway, anyway, back to the actual podcast at hand um Sophia I I think to start off with because I I don't fully understand what it is you do I have a a decent understanding I know by the name of your your company and everything um, and I've seen that you've been you've been up for awards and all this stuff so you're obviously very well accomplished in what you do but I don't fully understand what it is you do so could you start by telling us about the work that you do and what it is you do exactly
1: Okay, so that's the question that people ask me a lot because you know, needle science of dance. First, what is needle science of, of dance, and then what does a dance needle scientist do, and why am I giving workshops, etc., and how exactly do I help dancers? And so, basically. When I first started this project, my main goal was to really share information from the academia to the dancers and inform them. Uh, With time and as I started giving workshops, there was a lot of interest. So a lot of people wanted to have one on one sessions with me because they wanted to know more and they wanted to know more specifically to them. And so from then on, I started coaching dancers. Uh, And this goes at the level of cognition and at the level of neuroscience and their brains and how their brains work and what difficulties they're having and that can be memory that can be attention can be a lot of different things it can be. Um, neurodiverse problems in terms of, you know, um, if someone tells me I have this specific neurodiversity and I struggle, what can I do? And these are the kind of things that I can really help dancers and inform them based on research, of course. So it's not my opinion, <laughs> but based on, on research. And I try to help them as much as I can with the information that they need.
0: Yeah, so sorry, uh, sorry to bu- sorry to butt in just quickly. What do you mean by it? you said people come to you with um, different neurodiversity? What, what does that mean?
1: OK, so um, so let's let's start with neurodiversity. Neurodiversity um, refers to how the brain, every brain works differently. So everybody's brain works differently. Everyone has some sort of neurodiversity. But then we have neurodivergent people who have, uh, let's say dyslexia, um, autism has also been considered within, within that spectrum. So um, those are people who have uh, different ways of processing information, different ways of being in the world, and sometimes the, the, the dance class or even classrooms in general are not prepared to really pass on the information to those people in the way that they best understand and they best absorb. Um, so a lot of the times, we have people with dyscalculia. Because dyscalculia, I, I think it's said this way. See, I'm dyslexic, so I'm already struggling to say a word. I'm a good <laughs> example of it. <laughs> but um, we have people with problems with spatial directions and they that suffer from um, different kinds of, not, not suffer, because I don't think we should consider something as dyslexia. Uh, For instance, as as an illness or something that I specifically suffer with, it's just my way of processing information is different. But sometimes they, a lot of these people actually think there's something wrong with them, and a lot of times what I hear is something is wrong with me. I can't memorize I'm just not good at it. I just, something is wrong with my ability to do this. And teaching and learning is not the one-way road, it's not just there's a problem with you. Um maybe there's a problem with the teaching, maybe there needs to be a better communication, a better uh, way of teaching and, and learning. So maybe you need all the resources. So there's never something wrong with the learners. The learning process involves a lot of different things. But a lot of the times these people think there's something wrong with them. They're not capable or because of this new diversity, they don't have a place in dance or in classroom in general. Um, so. My role is always to give them as many tools as I can, as I know, so they can learn better. Um, and a lot of the times, this is not as complicated as it seems. It's not like I give you a huge set of tools. Sometimes it's one little thing, changing one little thing in the dance class, changing one little thing in the way y- you think, in the way that you uh, observe. Just one little detail makes a big difference. Um, and this is where sometimes dancers are missing out because there's a lot of focus on the dancer's body and the dancer's um, mind and mindset, but we forget the cognitive part, the cognition, the learning, the teaching, and, and all of that the, that part that is more the neuroscience that is concerned with. Um, it's it's missing, and so there's like there's a gap there. Uh, and this is how this is how I help dancers. So I give out information in the workshops and then I help dancers one on one as they need. Um, and so this is pretty much what I do. But I also have other, um, let's say, it's, it's not a side project, it's a, it's a project inserted in my project, <laughs> which is called the Dance Integrated Healing Method, which is um, a method that I created uh, that pretty much entails um, explaining what are the benefits of, of dance and how what are the healing components of dance and why, obviously from the new scientific point of view, and give people practical exercises so they can really think those benefits and um, they can emphasize those benefits in their practice. And so this is just another thing that I do that was born from, from my project. Um, but those are two different things. One thing is concerned with learning dance and helping dancers perform learn movements better. The other one is more concerned with how can we use dance to for, for mental and physical well being
0: so i I guess I haven't planned on on asking you about this, but I'm just interested now. you're talking about um this this the the latter one about how you can use dance to help people's mental well-being and stuff um, what kind of what kind of messages do you put across with that like what are some of the tips and things that you tend to talk about
1: so basically what I do in these workshops I extensively explain the so this there's a theory part theory part and then there's a practical part so I extensively explain why is beneficial for the brain and mental well-being so what are the components that are beneficial and why, why they are beneficial in the first place. So, and then the practical part, uh, we are applying the exercises, but I always refer back to the theory. So remember when I say this, this is what this is doing, this, this exercise is doing this. So I explain the various components and um, I think it makes, it's the same thing as like for instance meditation is okay meditation is good for you and the person's like yeah nice but then if you really explain what it does to your brain and then you're like oh i really should be doing this <laughs> so it really motivates you to to do it and that's really my goal um and this goes along with my my one of my goals for this project is also to um i aim that um one of my Aims is that dance is used for medical purposes, so that dance is valued, that the neuroscientific community looks at dance as something so valuable to study uh, and is related to health. So not just looking at dance as art, but something that is health as well, health-related. That's that's
0: very interesting, so it's it's similar to like the way that I'm... I'm not massively, I I, I don't think I've ever read a neuroscience um, article, so I'm definitely not well-read in neuroscience, but I imagine (laughs) there is some literature around the way that meditation influences your neuropsychology, Um, so so you're hoping that that's going to happen in dance as well.
1: It's already happening, it's already happening, and as we go, it's happening more and more, but I don't think it's enough. I think we should really be valuing more dance, like if you see, like nowadays, meditation, we have all the meditation apps and it's such a huge thing and I want the same thing. I want that to be the same for dance and in, in saying this, I want dance to not be something harmful for dancers because it can be because of the dance environments, um, dance the dance demands, the, the unhealthy competing environments that can really create, um, can be bad for dancers. But also, there's the other side where we have people that are not dancing and not enjoying dance classes because they think you need to be born talented. Because they think they don't. I can't, I can't be a dancer. I can follow the beats. I can. There's all these things that the general public thinks dance is specifically for this specific group of people who were born to dance, and they're not enjoying as many benefits as they as they could. And then. Also, the dance classrooms are not inclusive for people who have, you know, neurological disorders who may have some disability. So those are the exact people that need dance, but they're the exact people that are most of the time not welcoming dance. So the dance classrooms are not welcoming of them, or they don't have the right teaching methods and the right resources to support them. So this is also my my I try to do my best that, so that, um, changes.
0: Yeah. And the, the, um, the thing that kind of stands out to me there, at least that, that I thought of when you were saying that was, uh, so can you, can these dance things, do they, or the benefits of dance, do they only come when it's in the class or could you do it at home? Cause I'm thinking of like, I think, you know, a lot of the listeners are, gym goers and you know i think there are a lot of them might feel like oh i'm not a dancer i'm a you know, big weightlifter person <laughs> um you know and it might feel a bit um yeah like i i wouldn't i would i feel like i wouldn't feel comfortable walking into a dance studio and trying to dance in front of people who who know what they're doing is so yeah what would you suggest to those people is it something they can do at home
1: yes definitely i think that's in any form it's beneficial so if you just Dancing around and studies have been showing that just going to the club and dancing normally, you know, that that, that's something already. So it's just it's really about moving and exploring the ways your body can move and just feel that happiness of moving to your favorite song. So it doesn't need to be this thing where you go to class and you learn the movements. And sometimes this is not for everybody going to class and learn a choreography. It's not for everybody. So if that's not for you, there's so many other types of dance that are improvisational, that you just go there and you improvise, or they are guided improvisation, like my workshop in um, Dance Integrated Healing is guided improvisation. So you do whatever you want, I'm just guiding you and you take it all leave it. <laughs> so it's, um, it's not for everybody, but maybe if you're not an improvisation kind of person and really like to be told what to do and how, then go to other um classes where the classes are structured and the dance is structured maybe ballet is not your thing but maybe hip-hop is your thing maybe house is your thing which you have the loose movements and you feel like you are in the disco so um, it's really about finding what resonates with you it's the same thing with going to the gym maybe you like weightlifting but maybe it's not your thing and you just or maybe you don't like gym at all, and you go for a run, but you're still exercising. So the main point is you still do it. You just find something that you enjoy.
0: Yeah, I really, I really like that. Um, maybe I'll do that. I do. I often <laughs> dance in the kitchen whilst I'm cooking. I tend to put. I, I'm a big fan of the Beatles, so I put, I put some Beatles on, and then I, I dance along. Although no one wants to see me dance, um, <laughs> <laughs> I am horrendous. Uh, but anyway, we, we've gone a bit off track and but we, we keep mentioning this word neuroscience and neuropsychology and all this kind of stuff but what actually is neuroscience for people who don't know?
1: Okay, so neuroscience is the study of the nervous system be it central, which includes the spinal cord and the brain or the peripheral nervous system which is all the nerves that are connected to the spinal cord and the brain, etc. So it's really studying your entire motor, emotional, uh, cognitive processes all together. And it really involves various sciences, like, it's all about anatomy, or biology, or it's a lot of different sciences that come together to really study all those, this system, <laughs> the nervous system. So that's basically what neuroscience is.
0: So is that something did, like, how did you get into that? Do you just did you do it at uni? Were you always interested in it? Like what what made you move towards this
1: i've always been passionate about neuroscience and it pretty much started when i date so my first boyfriend had schizophrenia and that really set me up for for this for psychology i'm i'm also um i also have a degree in psychology so psychology and neuroscience are my passions uh, and it really set me up because i was thinking okay how does this brain works differently from mine <laughs> and what's going on in there that is making all of this. So that really set my journey to follow neuroscience, but I first followed psychology and then I did neuroscience. And then it just so happens that uh, I'm a dancer and then I had the opportunity to study dance and those two worlds have merged for me.
0: So you've really brought like your two passions together. Basically. (laughs) that's great I think that's that's really important um, I think doing doing something you're passionate about and doing something that's meaningful to you makes makes your work so much better I think it, may, it makes not only what you make better because you're so into it and you're so kind of engulfed in it but also it makes it easier to work and to do what you do um, yeah yeah, that's you know why I can do my long days at work every time and then come do this podcast because I love doing the podcast. Um, same. The same, I'm the same.
1: Yeah. So yeah, you have to love what you do.
0: Exactly, exactly. And I think I think that's a good message. Um, kind of off the cuff for people listening to the <laughs> podcast is you know I think. Um, even if you and I understand that people are in um bad like, situations and, and you know you need to do your job that you're currently doing that you don't like but I think you know, find something that you love and even if even if it, you do 10 minutes of it at the end of the day that's what my mind was originally for me it was just a it was an Instagram account that I set up just to help people share their stories because I enjoyed it and then it just builds up over time that's that's a good question actually that I didn't really prepare but how did you start the neuroscience of dance and how did it kind of progress over time
1: so i started this was an idea while i was at university uh, and then i just see this is a thing about projects that you want to do and do what you love you can't just sit there and think i'm gonna do what i love and think it through like this is gonna be like this but then because if you think too much your brain is sabotaging it's like no but this is not gonna work so one day this idea was just And one day I said, you know what, I'm book- I'm planning my first workshop is out and I have nothing prepared. <laughs> it was like, I have a workshop People <laughs> are buying tickets and I have nothing. And this is then I started building something and I, I built a handout that was so big that it became a book. So I was like, things started happening. And from then I was just giving my first workshop and I was just there because I loved it so much. And this is something I wanted to do. and I didn't even charge much because it wasn't it wasn't about any financial thing at the at the time, and it just developed and there was a lot of interest. There was a lot of buyers as well, and there's there's interest, but there's people like I don't care about these. Why do I need this? Because it's such a new concept. So there's like these two, there's two kinds of public that I have the public that is like, yes, we love this and the one that's like, why do I need this, I don't want this. <laughs> and what is this and what is neuroscience, and, and that is very resistant to, to to my project, but then there's the other side of it. But this is how really it started and then from then on, other workshops just developed, and I have specific workshops and then I started coaching people. And it just keeps going, keeps going. And then I built a website because I was thinking, okay, I need a proper website that functions properly so that I don't have to be all the time, you know, people don't have to send me money to PayPal, they can just book it online themselves and just making life easier for them and for me. Um so this is how it started. I don't know where it's going, but it's a journey.
0: Uh, amazing and I, it's such a nice <laughs> feeling isn't it when you make your own website and then you kind of sit back and you're like oh I've just made it I just made it. like I remember do I did mine in a in a costa um I was just sat in, in a table in Costa, just making my website and I, I did it over I did like a I set out a day and I just spent like six seven hours just making my website and then I just put it up and then I, I haven't touched it since <laughs> pretty much um which I need to I need to do um but yeah and i really love that you you just kind of threw yourself in it because i think you do like to to steal the the nike slogan you just you just do it like you just gotta you just do have to to do it um because like you said you, you just keep thinking and thinking and thinking you're never gonna make it perfect you're just gonna constantly think of other stuff um and i there's a there's a I want to say it's from Richard Branston or some, somebody else. I can't remember who it was. Um, there's a quote that, they, um, that I, live, I try and live by, which is, um, if an opportunity comes your way, say yes first and then figure out how to do it after. Uh, exactly. And that's what I always do. If someone says, oh, can you do this? I go, yeah, I definitely can. I've done it loads of times. <laughs> and then I, then I try and figure out how to do it over the next, next few days whilst I'm preparing for it. But anyway, um, amazing. Thank you. Um, going back to the neuroscience, and I suppose we've already spoke about this when you were talking about the neurodiversity and the different stuff you do, um, but how can, you know, for the, I suppose, for the listeners, the people who, I'm sure the title of this will, will mention dance in some kind of form, so I'm sure I'll have some dance listeners for the first time if that's you. Hello, thank you for listening. Um, for people who are listening, who are dancers or into other sports, how can neuroscience help with their mental well-being?
1: Okay, so first, I think, when it comes to the neuroscience of dance, there's a two way road. So not only dance can really benefit neuroscientists, because we can find so many things, because dance is such a complex human activity, there's so much so much information that we can take from how the brain works from the dancers, but then dancers can also benefit from knowing how the brain works. So when you know how your brain works and how how your brain produces dance, then you know how to learn better. You know how, you kind of learn like the brain acts, (laughs) pretty much, so you know how it does it, you know how your brain perceives dance, how it memorizes it, how it executes it, then you get all the brain acts and things that you can do to improve that. Um, But also it can help your mental well-being because if you think about it, cognition, and motor motor cognition, everything is interconnected. So it's not like we have a box with emotion, emotion, a box with cognition, a box with motor information and ability, everything is interconnected. Uh, And a lot of the times the mental well-being also depends on how well you think you're capable of doing things. And if you are struggling with, um, if you are cognitively struggling, if you are, let's say, if you think that you can't do something, and you, you are struggling to do something that will affect your mental health. So if you think, you know, I'm just not I just don't have good memory. That's it. I'm, I'm, I wasn't born to be a an dancer. And then, you know, people come to my sessions and I just give them a, a couple of little things that they can go and experiment in next class and see how it goes. And it works. And that's it the problem is solved and it's gone mm. uh, But when it comes to also physical well-being a lot of the injuries that dancers have come from misrepresentation of the movement so they misrepresent how the movement is supposed to be done and here we need a knowledge of our physiology so when you are doing a movement we need to know exactly muscle groups which we are supposed to be using but um, cognitively, we need to know exactly what we're supposed to be doing and how and why. And so a lot of these things are important for your mental well-being, but for your physical well-being in general. I think when it comes to dance, because it's so complex, we need everything. We need anatomy, body anatomy. We need physiotherapy, with knowledge of physiotherapy and, and not even knowledge, but you know, having access to that, which is something that at the beginning wasn't was not even there were there weren't dance physiotherapists at all then it started to be a thing and then suddenly we have dance psychologists which is great now we start having dance neuroscientists which is great so all those sciences are really important to support the dance all together in conjunction
0: hmm and I, I really like I think it's I think it's a really important part that when you mentioned out you know, everything is um. You know, everything intertwined, everything works together. I know there's I remember reading somewhere that if you um sit up straight with your shoulders back, it releases serotonin, which is kind of people term the, the happiness hormone. But I think it works slightly differently than that, but I won't go into that because I definitely don't know what I'm talking yeah. about. But, um, you know, it, it um yeah, it may it genuinely just makes you feel better, like just sitting up straight with your shoulders back. And I can already um, feel all the people listening to the podcast all of a sudden sitting up with their shoulders back um, yeah. but yeah it, it that having that posture just you know it, it it's proven like it chemically makes you feel exactly. it releases the chemicals that seem to make you feel better um so it really is like I feel my a reason I'm saying that is because I feel like some people hear this kind of embodiment language and all, and they think it's all like wishy-washy nonsense and like, you know, it, you shouldn't, it's <laughs> but it's it's, it's it's real. Like there is, there's actual science behind that. And it is, I'm yeah. I'm I'm like the biggest skeptical person in the world. So, you know, I, um, yeah, it is a real thing. And I think it's something really important to, to take out of that. And that's what you're saying kind of dance can help us with because that movement could lead to these releases of hormones. Exactly. And- Exactly
1: that. I was going to say that this is where dance becomes important because in our daily lives, we are moving in a certain way all the time, which is fine, we have to, we, can, we can't We can really <laughs> start all moving crazy and, you know, but that really limits our um, variability in terms of our motor system, how we move, but also, again, movement is intertwined. We not only um, Emotion but also identity and I have a workshop on this as well it's a workshop on body image that how we move and our posture influences how um, we think about ourselves, so this is this is this is huge so. You know, and it has been proven that when you adopt confident postures you feel confident, even if even if you don't feel confident as soon as you put the posture, then you feel the way and and this can really help not only our self-esteem, but our well-being. And this is why if you sit with your shoulders, uh, back and you sitting upright, you've there's something there's something happening. <laughs> um, so it has a lot to do with that. And this is where dance becomes a great tool for just exploring being in your body. which is something we don't do. We don't we don't take a moment to appreciate being in our bodies. And dance is pretty much that being in your body. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And again, I think it's, 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 that's another thing where I think, cause I, I, I've started meditating more now and I've been working on that and I've got to the point where I'm, I'm doing it pretty much every day for five minutes a day. And a big thing, what I do there is I try and be aware of of certain parts of my, the way that I'm doing it currently is I'm, I'm trying to be aware of my diaphragm and aware of my like intercostal muscles when I'm breathing and feeling them move and, and trying to actually feel it and almost, almost like purposely move that diaphragm down as I breathe rather than how I would normally just kind of let it happen and yeah I can't I can't explain it It just I just feel more um I guess aware of myself and I just feel relaxed and I guess if anything it just takes my mind off of the stresses of everyday life just for a moment whilst I'm like focusing on on my own body um you think that's kind of what happens with dance
1: Yes as well, because when it comes to, to dance, basically the the instrument of dance is the body uh, and you have to have a good connection with your body. However, when you and this is where I also encourage dancers to use improvisation and movement exploration, because if you're doing the same movement for I don't know, twenty years you can easily do the movement without thinking about it and without paying attention and this is where sometimes we need to do improvisation and explore and try and explore the movements and try to be consciously aware and focus in the body because then you, when you know it automatically you just you don't pay as much attention so that, that's really important to, to, to keep that practice going.
0: And I think that exploration and that kind of create, I think creativity is just a big bonus for anyone being, creating things and being expressive is just, I think it's just part of humans. I think it's just what we want, we want to do. Um, and you can be proud yeah. of it and you can, you, know, you can, it, it gets better. And you you know, you can see improvements over time. And I guess that's part of the reason um, uh, for me, weightlifting is, is a big thing for me because I, I like, um now that i've kind of reassessed my um uh the way i see exercise and the way i use exercise i now try and you know i do exercises that i find fun and i focus on the movement and how like how well i'm doing the movement what muscles i feel working when i do it and you're trying to make certain muscles work throughout a certain movement and and you know i I really kind of yeah try and clock in and, and and really like zone in on the muscles and uh, I suppose that's kind of what's what's going on with that as well. Yeah. Um, so we've kind of, I suppose we've talked a lot about this um already, but are there any specific things that the people listening at home could do right now or could start to implement um that you know could they could start to take advantage of neuroscience and actually you know helping themselves in their everyday lives or just in sport and dance, etc.
1: Okay, so the thing that I always say to people to do, which is it's not we really dance, but it's uh, let's say related to movement and and well-being, is I always ask people find new ways of doing your regular routines. So find new ways of getting out of bed, find new ways of making your coffee, and be aware of how you move, be aware of how you walk. What muscles are you using when you walk? So all these things and you you'll see this is like a self-discovery thing as well because you start realizing, oh my god, why do I walk so curved and why why am I using so much um, tension on my arm when I walk, when I don't need my arm to walk, etc.? So um, it's really start being creative in your in your daily life in terms of really finding new ways of doing things. And that will affect your goal being that will affect your also again your sense of identity and will affect your thinking when we do things differently we start thinking differently and things start to shift a little um so that's and 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 you avoid a lot of things because some people are just using too much tension to do something all the time so some people are like really tense in the shoulders when they're sitting down, when you don't need tension in the shoulders to sit down and then you get back problems and then you get all kind of shoulder problems because you are just using your body in, in, in the wrong way. So this is one of the things- I instantly another...
0: relaxed my shoulders as you said that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, And another thing that I could say related to to that, and I'm saying this obviously based on neuroscience, not just because it's my opinion, (laughs) and um, also another thing that could be done that people could do is really just put your favorite song and just dance, please, in your room, it doesn't really matter and just you know, if you're sitting in your office and you just, you know, just uh, doing your work, uh, you know, just move your hand around and just play with your hand and do a little hand wave, or just try to move and to, to dance a little each time that you can, and just just basically shake the body and relax the body and 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 really try to express not express, expel all the tension and stress through through movement. Uh, and that that really helps
0: and that's something i'd like i have actually kind of started doing that um myself like after meetings i tend to kind of sit back and i put a song on and i'll normally kind of like jam to it as i'm as i'm like listening because I, I just to, to dewind i normally so i've been staring at a screen for several hours or whatever i want to I kind of look away from it put a song on and i do kind of move about a bit i just kind of i I, it depends what song i put on sometimes it kind of catches me and i want to move about but i do just feel better it does um i guess it's in in some ways um i think to dance is a happy like thing to do like you you don't you don't have the urge to dance when you're sad so i think so if anything i'm kind of tricking myself into being like oh i should be extra happy because i'm dancing so therefore i should be happy
1: Also, I want to share um, a story that was shared with me in my Dance is Medicine podcast. And she was saying that she used dance for depression and how she did it was every morning she couldn't stand up. So she would put her favorite songs until it actually kicks in and she would start moving and she would start getting out of bed. So she used that. because. Basically, you when you listen to music and this is again little scientifically, when you listen to music, straight away the, so there's, your brain processes music in a specific way that um, triggers your motor system. So even if you don't want to move or if you're just there, there's this thing in your brain that is like, we, <laughs> right? we want to move. We want movement to happen. This is triggering all your motor networks to move. And so this is a good trick that even though you're just dead and you don't want to move, you are bringing to your brain an input that is going to make it want to move. And at a certain point, you're just just going to start moving. So I found that really interesting that she did that. And I think that's so interesting and powerful.
0: That is really interesting. so when I'm in kind of like a, um, when I'm like really down and I, 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 have depression and anxiety myself. And I think when I'm really down I always want to listen to like sad music and kind of, you know, just like self like consume in it, but I suppose putting on some dancing music and you know maybe that will, you know, subconsciously influence yeah. me.
1: Yeah, definitely. Music will, again, this is proven, you know, scientifically how music like in, will influence your moods as well. So it's like, you know you you don't have to necessarily go and listen to a song that is like super uplifting but maybe something more neutral or more chilled out like those chill outs for instance that's just kind of like start getting into some other kind of uh, moods so that's also a good thing to do
0: Mm, I think I think music obviously has a good impact, has an impact on the way you feel and the, I think on you physically as well, because, you know, speaking as a gym goer and hopefully this will resonate with some of the people listening as well um you know if, if i put on my favorite like i think everyone has like a pb song like when you're gonna go for your personal best like never done this way before you put on this one song that really hypes you up and then you can you go and you you just feel stronger like you just feel more powerful because yeah. you just got this <laughs> badass song on um my, mine is for the people listening Um, mine is go the distance from the hercules disney movie <laughs> which definitely <laughs> isn't what most people would listen to but I it it gets me going I'm I'm, I get emotional and I'm like let's do this um but yeah so yeah I think music has a big big influence on us
1: I think a good thing if you allow me for when you post this podcast for people to comment their power song so the the song that they listen when they are like you know when they need that uplifting
0: I I think again that Hercules song is it just (laughs) is amazing it just gets me going but um I mean, I, li- I listen to a lot of the Beatles. I think the Beatles are great, and um, they always make me feel good as well. Um, do you have a Do you have a song that, like, is uplifting for you? Like your go-to happy song?
1: Yeah, well, I have a couple. Yeah, but um, I think my favorite will be uh, from Worthy or Worthy. I don't know. Some people call her Worthy or they, Uh and the song is called "Bravado." So. i don't i don't think i've heard that
0: before i'll have to give it a listen um, yes
1: it, maybe i'm saying a name wrong because everyone pronounces it differently. <laughs> here in here in portugal is a word okay but because she has an e at the end of the name mm. some people will say it differently uh okay. but you know i think everyone knows it and the song is bravado and i just like the song i don't know but you I'll know you. i have a, a lot of uh, other songs that i that i like to listen when i mm. just i need that power
0: (laughs) Mm, yeah i think everyone has them um stored up but i'll give that i'll definitely give that a listen um okay sophia it is time for the devil's advocate it's the devil's advocate (laughs) (laughs) so for everyone listening at home who maybe this is your first podcast or maybe it's the first one um that you've listened to where we've had the devil's advocate this is a new section in the podcast where basically because everyone i get on the podcast i like what they do and i always agree with them and it's just basically us just constantly agreeing with each other so i wanted to add in a, a moment where i go against what the person says and i'd ask a bit of a controversial question and um so that's what the devil's advocate question is so today's devil's advocate question is and we have already kind of touched on it so i've kind of ruined it by by supporting it already but here we go um devil's advocate here we go. um i know that you talk about creativity in your work but shouldn't people focus on themselves rather than something creative
1: okay what do you mean by that why why are you separating being themselves and creativity and and doing
0: focus on something creative i mean i don't agree with the question sir. but if i'm in the devil's advocate mind um because because if that if if i'm if i'm if i'm someone if i'm feeling like down and sad um then like a creative thing is like a external thing that i'm doing whereas Mm -hmm. i'm feeling bad in myself so shouldn't i just be focusing on what like fixing what's going on in myself or like sorting that out first
1: okay so i first i think doing something creative even though it's external it's a you know i don't know you're creating a song you're creating a poem whatever it is it's intertwined with us so everything that we are creating is really saying something about us and our even our ways of um, our creative process how we are creative and how we produce something and the way we do it and the solutions we come up with and how and when it's intertwined with us and our past experiences emotions uh, how we process things in life so i think it's interrelated so, and i think a lot of the times if we're talking about feeling sad or depressed or anxious or just dealing with feelings A lot of the times, creativity is helping you sort everything out. It's really helping you express your feelings, understand them, because you're trying to grab that feeling and put it out, either put it out there or see from a different perspective or trying to understand where this comes from exactly. So I don't think there's a separation.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I'm so bad at keeping the devil's advocate bravado up um but i yeah i agree i didn't even think about this when i when i put the question but uh, i i write i write poetry myself um and that's something creative that i do and that helps my mental health a lot because i can i can find like poetic ways of explaining how i feel or what's going on um better than i can in like a regular conversation or just by trying to Mm. think things through if i can make it sound like i can I can try and make the the sentence feel how it feels and you know just by the way the words are and the kind of you know how i break it up um and i can't do that in a regular conversation it's so hard to put that across and so i suppose it's that it's that way isn't it you know you're you're finding other ways than just vocal like speech you're finding different ways of exploring it
1: yeah I love the way you, you literally just described poetry in the beautiful way <laughs> i don't know if you noticed that but you gave a description i'm like that's so beautiful oh, i think i think you. you described poetry in a poetic
0: way <laughs> so uh, you
1: did poetry by describing poetry that was oh,
0: thank you that was very kind of you <laughs> i've gone a bit red um thank you uh anyway yeah um Oh, you've, you've, you've embarrassed me, but in, in a nice sorry, way. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you. always
1: a compliment giver, sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I, appreciate, I appreciate it. Um, thank you very much. Anyway, on, so at the end of every podcast, Sophia, I ask all, each of my guests a final three questions. So the first question is, name a person, either real or fictional, who inspires you. Okay,
1: so I have many people, but I'm gonna select Lisa Nichols. I don't think she gets as much credit as she should. <laughs> She's an inspirational, inspirational speaker, and uh, she inspires me because there's so many similarities between me and her. She's kind of not like this inspirational speaker that you know always had a good life and you know is clearly privileged in many ways and it's just there like trying to give a speech she she's a, a person of color she comes from a poor background and poor socioeconomic background she had a lot of challenges she's also dyslexic and i just love the way she she just managed to inspire me each time with anything she says so i think i resonate with her i don't know i just she she's the person that inspires me so if you don't know lisa nichols just go on youtuber i'm not being paid to advertise this (laughs) so just go on youtube and just listen to one one minute of what she says and you'll be conquered
0: i will go and listen i used to listen to (laughs) motivational speakers all the time like it's so much (laughs) um so i i've had to kind of come away from it because i got a bit obsessed with it where i like, i wouldn't listen i wouldn't listen to music i would just put motivational videos on youtube in my headphones and just walk around listening to motivational speeches um which is bit, it's great when i'm in like a when i'm in a position where i need to motivate someone because i can just pluck some out of my head um just from the many hours that i've listened to uh but yeah i i, I will i'll definitely go Go give her a go lisa lisa nichols would you say
1: yeah lisa yeah. nichols yeah.
0: yeah i'll give that a go okay question two a phase of your life that you didn't like at the time but now you can see that positives came from it
1: Uh. well to be honest i i think and i i think this way i'm i just uh, i support this point of view that um everything, everything bad that happened for me is it happened but i managed to get so many things out of it so for me i used to think like all of this happened to me and now i'm damaged and now there's nothing i can do and i'm already not ahead because this happened to me and even I even question my ability to, to one day be a psychologist or whatever because, like, if I am this damaged, how am I gonna you know, help people help damage? Um, well, when I say damaged, I'm just uh, in quote marks, um, people, if I am damaged. But now, and uh, once my therapist said to me that everything I went through is a toolbox to help others, and this is. Is it, so is, that's my toolbox that I have there and someone has something or they've been through something. I'm like, hey, I have here in my toolbox. I know how that feels. So that, so I keep bringing all my tools with me. Um so I think everything I went through and every barrier and just there's so many things, there's so many bad phases in my life that I had and so many traumas that I collected. That I have like a full on book of traumas that I collected that all for me, all those things, um, they are positive in the way that they they brought me something good and they just direct me to different things in my life that i wouldn't be there otherwise um so i wouldn't say one specific thing i'll say all of them
0: amazing thank you um thank you for sharing that and yeah i I really like that question and i say this every every episode but I i think it's so important for people who might be listening who are going through a difficult time at the moment to to understand that good things tend to come from these shit moments and you actually end up you know, getting tools for your toolkit and you end up um, you know, you realize how strong you are when you get out of it you realize that you you, know, you can you can really deal with that stuff and you can get through it and you're doing amazing um, and yeah thank you thank you so much for sharing that um, and the third. And final question is, a phrase to live by.
1: Again, there are many, but (laughs) if you want to know some of them, I always post uh, when I think a quote is really inspirational, I just post on the needle science of dance Instagram anyways. But one that I think it's really important that I live by is energy flows where energy goes. So choose wisely, what are you putting your energy into? Because whatever you're putting your energy into, then it's really, it's only changing your brain and making changes to your brain. It's uh, structuring your life. It's structuring everything around you. So, you know, there are a lot of things that people put energy into, that uh, your energy is flowing there. Everything is flowing in there. And we don't realize how much that's, uh, how you say? How much? How negative and how much destructive destructive that is. And one good example is, um, I've recently, maybe past year, I literally forgave every single person ever. <laughs> and for me, that liberated so much energy because I was spending so much energy hating on these people and just thinking the bad things they did and how bad I felt and. And then suddenly when I start forgiving all of them, it was just like, oh, I have so much free energy now. And I have so much space to think about other things and to feel other things that are more productive and beautiful to me. Um, so this is just one example. So a lot of the times we're just spending energy on hating the other person, on yelling to the other person at the traffic. Uh, on um, this being unkind for no reason, on commenting things on on Facebook, on YouTube, and commenting mean things. And we are putting the energy on that when we could be putting the energy in something much more important uh, for us uh, and more, much more beautiful.
0: Amazing. You put you were saying I put something poetically. You put that very poetically as well. So thank you. Um thank you. <laughs> uh yeah, amazing. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think that's that's where this kind of um something creative, I was, I suppose you I was gonna say creative or a project like you know, like we've got our projects going on and um, but I think the project is creative in some sense. You know, you're you're deciding what's happening. You're thinking about how it's going to work and everything. So I think that's where that kind of stuff comes in. Even if it's just a 10-minute thing at the end of the day that you do because yeah. you love doing it, and just because you love doing it, like you you, you might you love writing stories and you think oh i can't write a book though just spend 10 minutes every day writing a couple sentences and Mm -hmm. like and just enjoy it don't think about the book just but it'll it'll come and it'll happen and it will be real um you know just just those 10 minutes and then if you can do those 10 minutes then maybe you'll want to do 20 minutes maybe you want to do 30 whatever um yeah brilliant um brilliant phrase to live by thank you so sophia we are at the end of the podcast, thank you so much for coming on. I hope you enjoyed yourself.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, I love this podcast and thank you for having this platform. Uh, It was, it's great to be able to share my work and my points of view and platforms like this really help. So thank you for your hard work.
0: Oh, thank you very much. Um, And thank you again for coming on. You've been an excellent guest. everyone listening at home as always thank you so much for making it through one of the episodes and i hope to see you at the next one bye
1: thank you so much
0: bye thank you so much for listening to that episode here at myminds we're trying to raise awareness for all the things that we speak about in this podcast. So please if you can give it a share. Each and every one of you has the potential to help us with that. Also, if you want to check out myminds.com, please do. You can see all our social media things on there and we'd love to have you contributing more as a part of our community. Thank you.